How are we? <clears throat> there was a time in my life, maybe about 15 years ago, when my brother and I, uh, we were still on the stage where we love to fight. And he's about four years younger than me, and to be honest, he's probably taken a good amount of beatings over his lifetime. And this is just all we did whenever mom and dad would leave the house, he'd get a good beating. And I would immediately regret it. But one time, one particular time, I'll never forget it. Mom and dad had left, and immediately we just start wrestling. We start um, getting after it. And uh, we had just started to dabble in some UFC, and we were learning a few moves here and there. And uh, we were learning how to break people's arms if we needed to, and how to box, and all this and that. And we were wrestling, and Sure enough, he caught me in one of those moves. He caught me in a little triangle choke, and he had his little skinny legs wrapped around my neck, and I could feel the oxygen slowly leaving my body, and I knew that in that moment that I had two choices, and the first choice was that I could tap out and let him know that I was done, let him know that I was a quitter, and the second choice was that I could get out. I could try and find a way to get out of it. I could try and twist his little legs and move my head out. And well, he was my little brother. And so there was no way at all that I was going to tap out to him. There was no way that that was going to happen. He would never let me forget it. He would never let me live it down. And in the midst of trying to think about how to get out of this silly little triangle choke, there was another option that I didn't even think about and something that actually happened to me was that I passed out. And I passed out to this little joker with his legs wrapped around my neck. And I woke up looking at the ceiling fan and almost kind of like one of those cartoons where you see stars moving around you. And sure enough, he's trembling and he's got water in his hands trying to give me water as if that would do anything to help me. And he was scared to death. He thought he had killed me and I thought that I died. And so he had tapped me, he had basically made me pass out. He made me pass out, and it's a story that I have to live with to this day. Uh, but it kind of reminds me about the situation that you and I are facing right now uh, in life. We, we often find circumstances and we find situations that we want to get out of, and we want to do whatever we can to try and break ourselves free from a time period, from a situation, and I think we're finding out right now here in this moment, in this time in history, that there's just a lot of things that uh, you really don't have a choice in the matter. And there's a lot of things that you can't get out of, you can't escape, and there's nothing that you can really do about it, but just kind of ride with the flow of things. And so I want to talk to you tonight about one simple word or one simple idea, and that word is endurance, endurance. I think if you're honest with yourself, I think if you're honest with me, and if I'm being honest with you, I think that many of us, we're facing what is one of the hardest periods of time that any of us have ever had to face in, in our lives. Um, it's the hardest thing that we've ever had to face for, for me and, and maybe for you. And we're looking for answers and we're, we're trying to find solutions and we're trying to get out of this circumstance. And everywhere we look, every, everywhere we turn, we hear the experts say those, those same exact things, that it's only going to get worse. That three weeks out from now, that our circumstance that we're in now, 
It is not the real crisis, that the crisis is yet to come. And so I, I just want to ask you, are you showing endurance? Do you have endurance right now? Are you showing endurance whenever you're ready to blow up at your kids for their online homework? Are you showing endurance at work when everybody's looking to you for answers and volume is really high or you're having to lay people off or maybe you've been laid off or your hours have been cut or you're having to learn online? Are we showing endurance whenever right now we're, we're waking up in the morning and we have all this passion for our neighbors and we have all this passion for prayer Brothers and sisters, I want, to, I want to let you know this, that in two to three weeks from now, we're going to become desensitized to where we are right now. That sensitive feeling that you have towards this situation, you're going to become desensitized to it. Maybe you're like me, and you're scrolling on your phone and on Facebook, you, you're starting to see the same exact posts over and over, and we become inundated with all of the same messages and all the same emails and this and that and the other, and we're left asking ourselves, has this just become noise to us? I think right now we need to show great endurance. Great endurance. If you have your Bibles, turn with me right now. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, looking in uh, verse 1 and, and chapter 1, verse 1 of 1 Peter. And what we're going to see is that the first church, the church that Peter is writing this letter to, they're kind of living in the same exact situation that we're living in right now, only it's a lot worse. You see, the, the letter that Paul is writing to, he's writing this to a, a bunch of Christians that were dispersed, that were living under persecution, that had been moved out. And, and so here, here's a couple of things that maybe you can resonate with right now. The hearers of this letter, or the audience that this letter was intended for, they had to leave. Many of them had to leave their homes. They had to leave their jobs. They couldn't go to the same grocery store that they always went to. They couldn't see family members that they loved, that they wanted to see. Many of them couldn't gather together with the church. They could not sing worship with their church family. They could not listen to a pastor uh, to gather together over the word. There wasn't Facebook Live, there, there wasn't Zoom. And so the way that Paul or Peter is communicating with the early church right now that had been dispersed, he's communicating with them via letter. And so many of them, they had to leave everything that they knew behind under the threat of persecution. They had to leave it all behind, gather a few belongings, and head for the hills in order to save their lives, in order to survive. And this... These are the words that Peter writes to those churches that are under dispersion. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, he says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his, with his blood, Listen to these words that, that Peter is writing to the early church who are afraid for their lives. And I, I, I want to reach out to you right now. I want to say these exact words to you. He says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's a sweet word. 
Listen to what he says. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, that is undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. I asked you at the beginning, how are we going to show endurance? How are you going to show endurance whenever you want to quit two or three weeks from now? Maybe tomorrow morning whenever you wake up and you have to go through all this again. How are you going to show endurance? And I believe that Peter is asking that same question or he's giving us reason as to why we can show endurance or how we can show endurance, even as the early church did here. He says, one, we have been called to a living hope. We've been called to a living hope. It's something that we have that the rest of the world does not have right now. It's a living hope. And we have been given this, this assurance, because Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the dead. We have hope because Christ is alive. You see, if the tomb was empty, and if Jesus had remained dead, we would be in literally the worst of circumstances that we could possibly be facing. But Jesus Christ didn't stay in the tomb. He was alive. He resurrected. And because of that, it says that Jesus ascended to the Father and he has left for you and me an inheritance. An inheritance that one day we will reap. That is kept for us. That is imperishable. That is undefiled. That is unfading. That one day we'll be able to reach out and touch that inheritance. Are you living right now with a living hope? A living hope because Jesus Christ is alive. Are you living with an assurance of that inheritance that we are to receive? He goes on. He says, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, in this you rejoice Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. I think we're all going under the same exact trial right now. Various ones, it's, it's all hit us different ways. Maybe you've been impacted in the job force. Maybe you're a, a stay-at-home mom now by, by no choice of your own and you're having to watch kids and you're having to teach them. And maybe many of you have become teachers this week and we've all been impacted by this various ways we're all under the same trial. He says that many of us, we've been impacted by various trials. He says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, he says the first way that we're able to endure is that we have a living hope. And the second thing that he says that we are able to endure with is a genuine faith. He says that we are in a test right now, that we're in a, a trial right now that is going to produce in us a genuine faith. And he kind of uses this analogy. He, he talks about gold that is imperishable by fire. I don't know about you, but um, I don't know a whole lot about gold. 
Uh, but I have learned this, and I, I do know this about gold, that gold, if you put it in a furnace and you, you get it as hot as you possibly can, that gold, whenever it's heated up to an extreme temperature, that everything about that gold, that it, it, it emblemishes or um, its imperfections, its impurities, that everything about that gold, that whenever it's in a fire and extreme heat, all those imperfections, they melt away. All those impurities, they melt away. And Peter says that this is what a trial does to us. That whenever a trial comes, it's like we're being thrown in a furnace and all those impurities about us, they're being burned away. All those imperfections about us, they're being burned away. I don't know about you, but this week, I have been urged to, to jump in and to dive into Christ, to dive into the Word, to be more fervent in prayer, maybe like never before. Peter says that this is what trials are like, that it's like a fire that burns away any of those imperfections, that burns away any of those unholy desires that we have, that burns away all those feelings of security that we think we need, that burns away all of those quests that we've made in our life, all of those things that we've searched after to say, I've got to have that, all of those idols that we've clinged to and said, if I don't have that, I won't be able to live. You see, this trial has exposed you and it's exposed me to all the things that we really hold for as, as safety and all the things that we really uh, worship with our lives. We've all been exposed. Peter says that trials like this they produce in us a genuine faith, a genuine faith. And so, brothers and sisters, I hope that you would, I implore you, I prayerfully implore you right now that we have to endure. And the only ways that we can endure is by holding on to a living hope and we endure by a genuine faith. Listen, I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. Like most of you, you've been getting the updates just like me, and it seems that every couple hours or so, new information comes out, things change, data changes. I don't know what comes tomorrow, and I certainly don't know what's coming from two to three weeks from now. But this I do know. I know that right now we all have a choice of how we're going to handle those those updates of how we're going to handle these new circumstances, of how we're going to endure. You see, you don't have to wait until two to three weeks from now to know how you're going to handle those circumstances. You have a choice right now to, to discern within yourself about how you're going to handle the news that comes in April, about how you're going to handle the news that comes in May. You have a choice right now. To decide on how you're going to handle the, all of this information that comes out. Will we be a people who endures or will we be a people who simply give up? Who simply give up because of the circumstances that are just so great. You know, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of, a, of a man by the name of Solomon Northup. And many of you have probably heard of Solomon Northup. Or maybe you've read his book or you've seen the movie 12 Years a Slave. Solomon Northup was a free man that lived in uh, New York. Uh, around 1813, he, he lived up in New York. And um, he was out and about one night working a job. And um, he tells the story that 
uh, he was drugged and he was kidnapped. And he was kidnapped by men who wanted to sell him into slavery. And so they brought him in his body. They moved him all the way down to New Orleans or, or to the Louisiana area. And they sold him off into slavery. And he tells this story. Solomon North, he, he writes this memoir. He tells this story of what life was like from once being a free man to now being a slave. And he, he has this gruesome story of, of moving from place to place and having to make new friends and having to make new allies and living under harsh masters and having to produce extreme amounts of, of crop by a master so that he wouldn't be beaten even more. And he tells this horrible, horrible story about what it's like to move from freedom into captivity. And he says, after he was eventually able to tell his story and after he was able to move back home, you know, that there was only one thing that really kept him going. There was only one thing that made him able to endure the worst of circumstances. And it was simply this. It was that he knew the truth, that he was a free man. And he knew the truth that he had a home. He knew the truth that he had family. He knew the truth that he was free indeed. And the truth was what was able to, to push him on, was able to keep him uh, enduring even the worst of circumstances because he knew the truth. He knew that he had a home. He knew that he had a place to lay his head. He knew that he had family who loved him. And it kept him going to the point where he was eventually able to get back to them. Brothers and sisters, let that be what keeps us going. Let that be what keeps us enduring is we know the truth. We know the truth that we have a home. We know the truth that we have a father who loves us, who is waiting on us, who is giving us an inheritance that will never pass away, that is imperishable, that is undefiled. We have an inheritance that belongs to us. And that, my friends, is what is going to keep us going even in the worst of circumstances, even in the worst of circumstances, will we be a people who choose to endure? Imagine the stories that are going to be told months from now, years from now. Imagine the stories of hope. Imagine the stories of people who saw you and saw how you lived and saw how you responded and chose and chose to say, I follow Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, as we come tonight, Lord, our hearts are overwhelmed, and just as we said last week, God, everything is so uncertain. God, we may think we know what's around the corner, but we don't. God, there's nothing truly that's going to to save us quite like your cross or quite like a resurrected Jesus. Vaccines are helpful. Lord, healthcare systems, Lord, it's helpful. Bailouts from our government, those things are helpful, but truly the only thing that's gonna get us through this is a heart and a posture of endurance that is only by the promises that we have and a living hope and a genuine faith. 
So God, we just ask you to take the mess. God, take it and do something beautiful. We look forward to hearing the stories and weeks and months from now, years from now, about how you moved in the midst of crisis. God, I pray for that, that mom that's there right now and, and doesn't know how she's going to pay for her children and doesn't know how she's going to teach school and work a job. And God, I pray that you would give her endurance. For the father right now who's working in the midst of chaos and doesn't know how he's going to continue working with everyone looking to him, God, give him endurance. God, for the college student who's working online and doing everything at home and, and, and is going to have to miss a graduation, something that they've worked so hard for, God, give them endurance. God, for the pastors that are out there, God, I lift up Pastor Will Oswald and Pastor Joel. I lift up Pastor Will Browning and Pastor Clay Jernigan at Journey Church. I lift up my brother Adam Spurlock there at Restoration Church. I lift up Pastor Billy and his wife, Miss Dorothy, at Midway Baptist. Give us all fresh legs, legs of endurance, no matter what comes our way. God, we all have questions. We all have hearts that are filled with uncertainty and filled with concern. I pray that you would speak to us, give us wisdom, give us guidance. God, I pray that each one of us would look now to our neighbors where we live and help us to be ambassadors there. Help us to be literal salt and light in our neighborhoods. God, keep us together until we meet again. We love you, Jesus. If you're there and you're watching, and I don't know when you're going to pick this up. Maybe you're watching live. Maybe you're going to watch in a couple weeks, a couple days. If you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, we pray that you would take this seriously that you would give him all of your life, that you would use this circumstance, this time of chaos and doubt, the storm that we're in, that you would use it and allow Christ to draw you in into his presence. We do that by having faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. If you're there tonight and, and maybe you're, you're a a church family member at Creekside, or maybe you're somebody else who's watching and you just need prayer. We invite you on our Facebook page right there. There's a simple link that you can fill out where you can let us know your prayer requests. Let us know how we as pastors can pray for you. Let us know how we can serve you. Know this, that we stand ready to pray, that we stand ready to serve no matter what your circumstances are. We love you. Know that God loves you. Know that Jesus died for you. And that he wants you to turn this situation into a moment, into an opportunity for his name and for his glory.